I think there's a little bit more that I need to explain about this podcast. It has to do with insecurities. And I admit that I had insecurities. Teresa Dunn had insecurities. Scarlett O'Hara had insecurities. We all have insecurities. And we mask them in the way that we know how to do. But I think the important thing that I want to project onto this podcast is that we all need to recognize our insecurities. We need to own them. We need to take them out. We need to look at them and we need to understand them. And I'm not saying take them out, look them out, understand them and then be done with them. That's not the way that it works. But if we can realize that we have insecurities based on whatever experiences that we've had in our life, we're ahead of the game. And then we take them out and we look at them and we explore them and we try to at least mitigate them, if not eliminate them through understanding. That's my profession. That's what psychotherapy is all about. I encourage individuals to look at psychotherapy as a means towards healing, a means towards understanding oneself so that we can move through life in a healthy way without impediment. That's my hope. Anyway, I just wanted to share that as a prologue to this podcast. I'm not here to say that I understand life 100%. I don't. I'm learning. I'm understanding about myself. I'm realizing all of the things that make me who I am. But to be honest with you, I'm trying to understand all these things that make me who I am through sharing my stories in Live to Tell. Because every time I share a story in Live to Tell, I don't just share it and forget about it. I record it, I save it, and then I go back and listen to it. And I'm here to tell you, it brings up memories in me. It brings up more things that I need to share because of the memories it brings up in me. It's a progression. It's a progress. It is an ongoing healing process, not just for me, but hopefully for everyone who listens to my podcast. 
that is exactly my desire in bringing you Live to Tell. Seriously. No other reason. Let's just grow in a healthy way together. I'm actually surprised that nobody has asked about the graphic that I use for my podcast, Live to Tell. It's quite unusual. It's quite artistic. It's quite graphic. And I'm sure that it's quite controversial. Guess what? That's the reason why I use it. It was created exclusively for me based on a portrait that I provided to Kevin Miller. Not only is Kevin a fantastic artist, and I encourage you to check him out, but he's also a fantastic entertainer. He entertains quite extensively within the Palm Springs area, but I'm not sure if he extends to other areas, but if you check him out, you may want to extend him out to other areas because he's just that good. The graphic came from one of my favorite movies in the whole wide world looking for Mr. Goodbar. I have two favorite movies in the whole wide world looking for Mr. Goodbar and Gone with the Wind. And I'm so sad to say that I found out today that the beloved Olivia de Havilland died at 104 years old. Wow, that gives me so much hope that my 86-year-old mother has at least 18 years left for me to enjoy her presence. I sure hope so. She's a pain in the ass. I'm a pain in the ass. We're both a pain in the ass to each other. But we're both devoted to each other. We love each other. And I want her to be here for as long as she possibly can be. So, Olivia, yay. And you're an inspiration to the mother. So, thank you for that. I really don't know how many people, because I'm getting the sense that a lot of people don't know about the movie Gone with the Wind. I've shared it with clients and they've said that they would watch it. I don't know whether they have watched it or not. I guess it's a projection on my part because I resonate with the lead character, Teresa Dunn, who was played by Diane Keaton fabulous actress and I also don't know if you know that Diane Keaton was nominated for two Oscars in the same year looking for Mr. Goodbar and Annie Hall and she won for Annie Hall 
great movie, great portrayal, great actress. I really wish that she would have won for Looking for Mr. Goodbar because it was so, in my opinion, out of her range. Again, in my opinion, Annie Hall was la-di-da, la-di-da, Diane Keaton. She could do that with her eyes closed. Looking for Mr. Goodbar, playing Teresa Dunn, wow, intense. I encourage everybody to watch it. Anyway, I remember that Looking for Mr. Goodbar was a bestseller that was encouraged for students to read back in the day. You know the greatest hits. Looking for Mr. Goodbar. To Kill a Mockingbird. 1984. The Lord of the Rings. To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, I think I said that already. Anywhere the biggies. Looking for Mr. Goodbar was one, actually, that... I failed to read. And it wasn't until 1975 that I went with my friend Paul to see the movie. And I think I've talked about this before. I'm not sure. No, I'm going to take it back. I think I explained it to a client. But I don't think I've talked about it in a podcast. And if I have, send me a message and say, been there, done that. But I went and saw the movie looking for Mr. Goodbar in the movie theater. And I'm watching my life. Remember, this was back in 1975. I was me back then. And I was watching me on the screen. Now, what I didn't realize was that I was watching me on the screen, but I hadn't been a fully baked me. Because she was a teacher of deaf children by day and cruised the bars at night. Yes, I worked as an administrative assistant during the daytime and cruised the bars at night, but my insecurity would not allow me to make the connection that an administrative assistant was anywhere near a teacher of deaf children. Although I felt the connection I felt it even more as I progressed through life because ultimately I became a professional working in a professional world during the daytime and cruising the gay bars at night. Then with my degrees, I became a professional and a licensed marriage and family therapist by day cruising the gay bars at night. 
I don't know, I was projecting, but watching it in 1975, when it first came out, I was projecting big time. I knew this was me. I could feel her. I knew where she was going. The movie presented Teresa Dunn based on her behaviors, reactions, and some semblance of her thought processes. Until ultimately, her behaviors and her reactions and her thought processes ended at the end of the movie. And I'm not going to share that with anybody because I don't want to ruin it, but I really encourage people to watch the movie. I since then, well, around the same time, got the book because eventually I had to read the book. It was required of me back in the day. I didn't do it. I saw the movie. It was a jaw-dropping experience for me at the end of the movie that I was so compelled to read the book. And the book was fantastic in its own right. Did you ever read the book The Shining and then see the movie The Shining? Kind of sort of night and day, but kind of sort of filling in the blanks. In this particular case, I read the book The Shining first. And then the mother and I went to see the movie The Shining. They were two totally different takes on it and yet they complemented each other so well to where they were a beautiful marriage and that's the way that I felt about eventually reading the book Looking for Mr. Goodbar it gave me more of an insight into Teresa Dunn's thought processes as she was going through life something that was missing in the movie. It filled in the blanks. For some reason, I identified with these two movies so that I would have an anchor towards living my life. Movies, characters, Scarlett O'Hara, Teresa Dunn. I talk with a lot of friends of mine who think it's weird that they listen to music and that they identify with songs. They identify with the lyrics. They wonder if that's not healthy. And I'm here to say, wow, that's so healthy. People write movies, people portray actors, or actors portray characters. People write songs, people sing songs, and it's all about another way of communication. We need to discover our way of identifying, resonating with other forms of media 
or medium and bringing it back home to us. I've done so much of that. Because of course I've lived to tell. So I'm here to tell you that I've identified with movies. As I've said, I've identified with songs. Linda Ronstadt, Phoebe Snow, Donna Summer. So many other artists who have, like Roberta Flack said, singing my song with her words. Pay more attention to that. Stay more grounded in everything that's going on around you. It's important. It's stabilizing. It's healthy. And we all need to find our ability to connect with the world around us. And if we can do it through movies, if we can do it through songs, if we can do it through poetry, if we can do it through whatever inspires us to do, we're on the right track. We're moving forward. Don't disallow yourself the ability to do that. Don't be like so many people I've discussed this with, where they think there's something wrong with them because they're identifying with movies, music, lyrics, even TV. It's all about how we identify in a healthy way. That's the key. If we can identify with others in any way, shape, or form, that's healthy. We're grounded. We've got an idea of where we're going and we realize we're not the only person in the world who feels this way. I think that makes sense. If it's broadcast to the masses in whatever medium, then that means that we're not an island unto ourselves. We are, as Hillary Clinton says, a village. And we need to feel like we're a village. I want my listeners to feel that I consider everybody who listens to me, who doesn't listen to me, who hasn't ever heard of me, a village. Because we are all here to love and care for each other in however we can. I've lived to tell, I'm ending on a sappy note, but I think it makes sense. Till next time. Side note, y'all. You know I fucked up. Diane Keaton was not in Gone with the Wind. She was in Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Just needed to set the record straight. Till next time.